0: Steve presents. Hello and welcome to Only Films, a podcast for analog shooters and vintage camera lovers. My name is Mandy Left. I'm a film photographer. I lead the collective, the Only Films Collective. It's a collective of analog photographers. And today I'm going to be talking with two very important people. Um, actually. They are the originals. They are the seed of only films. We met at one of the analog meetups and we got on well. And then we started to create projects together. We started to be assistants for each other in our individual projects. And now here we are. So I'm very happy that the first Episode of this series of podcasts is with Nelson and Peter. So I'm going to give them some time now for them to introduce themselves. So Nelson, tell us about yourself and your story with film, your background.
1: Hi, I'm Nelson. Um thank you for that introduction. Um I work primarily uh in music, sort of my main focus area, um, shooting, uh, mostly gigs. And then through that, I usually meet musicians trying to develop a bit of a relationship and end up, you know, doing, uh, press shoots, artwork, um, portrait shoots and sort of whatever they need, um, for usually their promotion or social media or gig, etc. Uh, I've shot a few music videos as well now, uh, also on film on super eight, uh, which has been really yeah. exciting. Um, And also I've been trying to sort of develop my studio photography skills, learn lighting, all of that still on film, um, but generally just exploring um, everything film has to offer and all its different Mm -hmm. iterations of the medium. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, and then actually your uh, Super A film when you shoot um, gigs, it's really, really impressive. It's awesome and um, I've been really enjoying it. And also... Um the music video that you made
1: for Stephen Bamidale Bamidale? yeah Bamidele.
2: <laughs> um, yeah that
1: was that was a really interesting project that was the first one um the first music video that i that I did uh and you know it was a wonderful experience. We shot it together, sort of uh, figuring it out as we went along. you know, we shot with his brother in London with his mom in Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, and then some different bits, just me and him uh here and there in London, and um we were super proud of it, and I uh, you know ended up putting it out, and mm. then the response for it was just crazy. It ended up catching some magical algorithm wave on YouTube, and I think really <laughs> popular in South America <laughs> somehow um and we yeah. were already you know over the moon when it reached 10,000, and it ended up settling at around 300 thousand views. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's some film love out there people people like the format clearly.
2: Yeah, clearly, and it just looks really good, and it's very well edited. So yeah, um, so please, people, just go on YouTube and uh, find "Sitting in the Dark" by Stephen Bamidele, and you will see Nelson's video. Great. So now we go with Peter, and um, so let's see what Peter says about himself.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, thank you, Mandy. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Peter obviously, and yeah, no, I've shot a film for a couple of years now. Um, I think I've tried almost every format possible at this point, um, with exceptions of like 8x10, uh, which is the next one. Um, (laughs) But I do just, I just like trying around every different format to learn what it can do and what the difference is between 35 and medium format. The whole reason I jumped to medium format was because I didn't like trying to get 36 photos, so I wanted less. um, That's got me to 4x5 at the moment. Um, but my, mm. I'm really loving Yeah, large format at the moment And then 16mm uh, When I bought a Bolex earlier in the year um, Which has just been a love To, to play around with that camera um, But it leads into How my lo- love of ECN2 film Which is what I sell um, And have done under This is how I roll um, Since February of this year And yeah, just a massive love For the motion picture films And things like that
2: yeah, and actually, I mean, it's been thanks to you both, guys, that I'm shooting my own Super Actually, my first film ever, I shot with Nelson's camera. <laughs> and then the first easy and two film that I ever shot was Peter's film. So, you know, like, um, I'm just great, very grateful to these two guys. So, yeah. So what the podcast will be about today is actually going to be about easy and two film. It makes sense because... Peter sells it, Nelson and I shoot it, and we are very happy with it. So we're just going to be talking a little bit about, um, well, in general, about the all the film stock that Peter sells, um, but in particular about ECM2, how to shoot it, what the particularities are, how to print it as well. I think Nelson will have um, something to say about that. He's been printing um, uh, from, uh, negatives, from ECM2 negatives where to develop it, just a little bit of everything. Um, But the first thing I wanted to mention was, um, we have an event as Only Films Project, has an upcoming event. Um, We're going to get together for the Day of the Dead in London. Um, So the day is the 28th of October and we're meeting at 11 in the morning outside Hoxton's Underground Station. And the idea is more of like a meetup. Uh, we're welcome welcoming anybody, um, Spanish speakers or Hispanic culture lovers, because the idea is to participate, uh, well, take pictures of the parade of the day of the dead, and we're just going to spend the day there taking pictures, and probably we'll go out later for rings. So if you want to join us, it will be a pleasure to meet you. 28th of October. 11 a.m. Hoxton Underground Station. Okay, so now I would like to talk a little bit before we go into the main topic of the day. I think it would be really nice if you could uh, both of you tell me what's your most recent project on film. Uh, So, Nelson, for example.
1: Um, For me, I'm sort of at the moment focusing on, you know, taking my next step. really from being a, a bit of a hobbyist to maybe a bit more of a side hustle type deal, you know, yeah. making it um, a bit more professional, especially now that, you know, I'm on that path inevitably where oh. as a photographer, you've invested so much money in camera gear. I'm like, I, I need to try and make <laughs> some of that back. Uh, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> I'm fully going to go bankrupt. And um, and of course, you know, you through your hobby, you can also develop these skills that become, you know, very marketable i think especially in my case to musicians yeah. um mm. and you know can't think of anything better than to also getting get paid um to do what i love to do the most in the world really yeah um so i've been saying for like a year and a half that i'm working on my website but i'm working on my website <laughs> It will be done <laughs> at some point that'll i have like sort of my pricing my services everything that i can offer mm. you know to retry really try and explain um because just through social media can be quite difficult that you know, I can do super eight, I can do portrait, film, mm-hmm. thirty-five millimeter, one twenty, instant, uh, print making, cool. all of that, you know, for merch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just mm-hmm. try and condense all of that into a website. Um and restart really marketing, you know, sending it to artists, to publications, try to get booked. Um I've been learning zine making as well. Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, just keep developing my skills really and, and um, what I can offer to to musicians and artists yeah
2: yeah yeah and i see i see what you mean i've been thinking the same like I, I love shooting i love what i do but then at the same time you think well you know i could actually just get more serious with this and and that would just make it more fun as well because then you would have access to different opportunities bigger opportunities so yeah i'm kind of from the same lines in that sense so yeah, yeah. yeah i see what you mean so um so peter so what about you? What, what are your latest photos or your most recent project that you've been working on?
3: Uh, so my most recent photos and stuff is Primate. I've just got, a, I've had a backlog of colour film because I was going to develop it myself. and um, did do one batch of developing, but I then kind of was like, no, nah, I don't want to do this for a bit. So I sent it off. <laughs> um, so it just ended up being quite a lot of my summer photos um, for some trips to New Forest, um, to Wales with my girlfriend. Some New formats, the six by 17 in color because I hadn't done that yet, I'd only done it in black and white. Mm. Um, so I did Ectile 100 in six by 17. Um, and just a few other little bit from summer. So the event, uh, did a studio day with uh, some people, um, uh, with Freya and Joe and Steve and Ash, etc. Um, yeah. so I had a few more photos from that that were on a roll that I forgot I had, which was like, 22 years expired. <laughs> um, it's turned out like it looks like a brand new film. I was very surprised that it wow. Um so it's a shame it's no longer around. Um uh, in, in terms of other things, projects, obviously the business element and the selling of the film I'd say where well, I have done what you guys are wanting to do is turn it the hobby into a little bit more of a side hustle. Um and mm-hmm. I've just been continually building mm-hmm. that. Um I've got a few things coming up. Hopefully that will um to ha- make make it even more accessible, get film more out there to people um get some more labs involved with stuff as well um get easy yeah. into to the levels of C41 is the the goal um yeah. make it as easy as C41 um and make labs realize that you know it is a viable option it is something that they can easily do um yeah. and basically just get people shooting the Kodak vision stuff because it, it's a lovely film stocks. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a hard one, splitting time between enjoying the photography as a hobby and doing it for myself, mm. but then equally also doing it because I have a business element to it. Um, I know mm. I haven't posted on Instagram, I think since July, since I posted the only film sixteen <laughs> millimeter video, um, and I think I've mm. got a lot of stuff to uh, to schedule. So that is a when I have a fine a day off, I will be. Um, editing video uh, photos that i've scanned myself for hair and dust yeah. and stuff to then be able to get <laughs> it to just post so i don't have to do it that's the yeah thing i know it's just time to time to do it yeah. is the hardest part
1: so. i feel like that's the curse of the film photographer oh. where we're so used to working <laughs> with like physical media uh, i also have mm. that folder of pictures that are green lit to go on my instagram but they just, I'm still shooting lots, but they just keep, the folder keeps growing and I'm not actually getting uh, yeah.
3: there. Yeah, exactly. that so I got one of the roles of the film I got developed was my girlfriend's first role of color. Um, she'd done black and white because we could develop them together. And I think she's asked me about four times now whether I can send her the files so she can have them herself. And I just haven't, I haven't yeah. sent them because it's, it's, it's the just... time to do it. Um, and I still, I know I did I've shot with two models over the summer and I've not sent either of them.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I think my girlfriend asked me the exact same thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I had that as well. It's just hard because you know, sometimes I'm thing. just enjoying the shooting yeah. a lot, but I just want to carry on shooting. It's more fun and than then the I get Yeah, yeah, and then I get the pictures, right? And sometimes they look at the pictures once and say, Oh that's all right. And then I just keep shooting and then I said that's me. You know, I did I don't even look back <laughs> enough. I don't even post them and but then you do have that commitment with a person if you've taken pictures of someone then you have that commitment of like giving those
1: pictures to that person
2: at some point i know but it's it's hard
1: i think that's definitely been one of the main skills that i've had to like force myself to develop trying to be you know more have like a professional relationship with some people is is force myself to have that turnaround um, yeah I'm
2: generally quite all right it's
1: not five weeks long
2: (laughs) I'm generally good at that but not always and recently I haven't been that good but yeah it's just it's just difficult um...
3: that's because then I know I need to scan it and that's the bit I'm not i don't mind the developing mm-hmm. i don't mind that bit it's then having to scan it then edit in lightroom because inevitably it gets dust or hair i have a cat and a dog so it's, it's so funny how,
1: nice. how <laughs> like as a film photographer who uses labs, buying a scanner for yourself is such a humbling experience you're like once i bought a scanner i was like i will never whine at a lab scanning ever again yeah, yeah. i thought i'd buy a scanner it would be like oh I'm not even going to use labs anymore. I'm just, just going to, like... I'll be scanning 100% of my rolls. Yeah. And, uh, I've no, I've just seen yet. you
2: guys doing that. I've seen you guys buying scanners, both of you, and not really using them. And then I just haven't just taken that step because I'm like, I, I know what's going to happen. I know, I know I just I it's use, not going to work. I use my
3: scanner just quite quite a lot, lot, but I, I use it for like instant photography. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I haven't done that Oh, I'm yeah. my scanner, like, for... If I develop black and white, scanning black and white, I can't use the inbuilt software to get rid of dust or anything. Whereas if I do yeah. that with color, I can, which makes color film scanning twice as quick because I don't then have to go to Lightroom and mm. edit out as many things as I do with a black and white. And when you've got like a single negative, like a four by five negative, you zoom in, you're seeing so much detail. So the tiniest little bits of hair pick up yeah. because... Detailed. Mm. I remember I did one of um, I think it was one of the 4 by 5 shots I took at analog meetups in the summer I zoomed in I thought it was fine I zoomed in oh my god there was so much I had, I didn't see it on, on face value so I could have just left it no one would have seen on Instagram when it compresses the image so small that no one would have seen it anywhere yeah. but I was like no I need to I need to do this and I think it took mm. me about 20 minutes just to do that one photo which is no,
2: I just no that's not for me i I mean i take it to the diagram i make a print happy days yeah i'm not i'm not scanning i don't like that but okay so then i just wanted to ask you as well if there is anything that has just got your attention recently something you think oh i didn't know about that i just just want to try it i just want to buy it or to give it a go so nelson is there anything
1: for me uh it is film related uh i would encourage people to go and search um for the UK music video awards. Um, Mm. They just announced uh, the list of nominees in all the different categories, you know, per genre of music. There's also Mm. a few uh, creative categories like you know, best visual art, best animation, best director, etc. There's international UK and newcomer categories. So there's like plenty to dig into. And as someone who wants to make more music videos in the future, Watching those is just so inspiring and super interesting. But you'd be surprised how many are shot on film. Uh, you know, yeah. it, and it, you know some of them are international as well. There's music videos coming from, um, like, no North, uh, North Korea, probably South Korea. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the music videos out of North Korea are insane guys. They're shot on film. They're incredible. Uh, yeah, out of Korea, you know, out of the states and everything, and and so many of them. Are shown sixteen millimeter and then and they're beautiful. It's you know, beautiful, really yeah. inspiring work. Um, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. my recommendation. Go go check them out.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, and Peter, is there anything that you've seen
3: recently? I've I been mean, for the last year or so. I've been looking and trying to find the best and easiest way to replicate replicate aerochrome through trichroming. Um, yeah. I know Grainy Days posted that video the other day um that has got found a way that makes it easier but not like completely perfect yet um which is something i have been looking in trying to get the said camera and then modify it to be able to do it um immediately i find to do this at the end of the summer when the sun's going to disappear and then it's not going to (laughs) work um but that's definitely something i've been looking at and i've been looking at lenses from bolex um and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a new one thing that i'm really looking forward to seeing at analog spotlight is the uh developing um adapter for the patterson tank that turns it into a rotary tank um just launched yeah. on kickstarter or Indiegogo. one of the oh I, I did think. see that that yeah. is something i really yeah. am looking forward to because i think that was one thing i found with my first attempt at developing was that my tank started leaking then i started in a panic because i could not paying yeah. attention to my timer anymore and, and I just poured right. developer seemingly everywhere over the bathroom um, which is left in a little bit of a stain um, so if there's a solution to that to get colour film working and they, it looks like they can do E6 programmed into it as well as ECN2 at some point yeah. if they reach the stretch goal that they're aiming for that's something I'm really looking forward to and I'm, I'm hoping to speak to the, to the person at Anog Spotlight as well about it some more as well because definitely mm-hmm. something on the wish list
2: yeah, so then that means that something that you'll be trying next will be um, developing with pcn two maybe potentially.
3: Or? Um, we've, we've got a few yeah. contacts to do it for me. There I, I might still just offload it to other <laughs> people that are a little bit better at it than I am. Um, but it is something I would like to be able to offer to to do developing through me, um, as well. Um, it's just obviously the scanning element which might have to come at a later date. Uh, but yeah. i would like to have at moments where people can develop through me by film and then pay for developing at the same time or something that is something mm-hmm. to look at at the point mm-hmm.
2: that's cool yeah and nelson anything that you will be trying next something that you think oh, definitely i'm doing this next this is what i'm doing
1: uh there is a secret project uh that i'm sort of working on with uh no yeah. one from only films. Uh, I'm not allowed to reveal too much, from what I understand. But it involves shooting Polaroids at concerts. Um, I, wow! It's it's my my mission um, in life to <laughs> figure out how to shoot the best quality Polaroids possible um, at concerts. You could say I want to be mm-hmm. the very best, like no one ever was. <laughs>
2: I mean I can I can imagine the challenge
1: uh, of doing uh, that actually. And, and, and things are in the works. Um there's a mm. special camera being made is is all I'll say but I'm not allowed to say more. <laughs> uh, but there is a special a special weapon is being created just for me uh, which I think will let mm. me achieve, achieve my goals. Oh my god, I'm excited. Time. Indeed.
2: Mhm. Happy days. First yeah,
1: that's great. Okay. So and, yeah know, by the way. <laughs> I think I think pizza, I, know. Well, I, I can work it out.
3: I said I think most people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you've seen it. Okay. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, I think cool. people can work
1: it out. So. Well, follow my secret. Instagram and maybe yellow too, you know? And only films I'll show sure mm. right there as well.
2: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but then let's just talk about easy and two and then we could just start from the very basics, like Imagine that
3: someone has never heard of ECN2. Like, what is ECN2 film, Peter? So I, I'm I, even though I said it, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm like a super expert. I learned everything through talking to people. No, just like, um, yeah,
2: I, like I a very basic
3: definition. Is, is the process for Kodak visions um, and motion picture films. Obviously, back in the heyday of film and stuff, you had Fuji making motion picture film alongside Kodak. Kodak is the only one left um, doing it. Um, but ECN2 is the name of the process such, same as uh, C41 is for color yeah. ECN2 is the name for the process um, the main difference that with ECN2 is that it has uh, what is known as a REMjet layer um, which is basically a black carbon layer that's attached to the back um, which stops halation and static discharge um, obviously when filming uh, the film is running through the machi- uh, camera at uh, 24 frames per second generally um, and that can build up static, which could end up on the image. Um, so the Remjet layer is there to prevent that, basically, um, which yeah. just means that you have to remove that layer first before you can develop it um, in a normal process, so to speak.
2: Mm. Yeah, so then that is a bit of a problem, maybe, in labs where they just don't have the facilities to do that. Yeah, so the
3: right? lab doesn't offer ECN2 film uh, developing. Um, you can't just send it to any odd lab that does normal C41 because if you put remjet layered film through the machine, it will ruin all the other people's films that are in that machine. Probably also potentially ruining the machine. Um, the ECN2 yeah. uh, like motion picture film can be developed in C41 chemicals as long as you take the remjet layer off first. Um, that is the key yeah. part to it. So if a, a lab offers it. Chances are is that they're removing the remjet layer first and then running it through their C forty one machine, um, or they're doing it in E C N two chemicals separately in a separate batch. Hence the normally longer turnaround times for E C N two film.
2: Mm-hmm. So, and then for those who're not really sure, but you have a question for like, what's the difference or what's the connection between Steel eight hundred T and the others and and uh, a Vision's vision so,
3: so Cine Stills films, um, for the most part eight hundred T for for definite is what is Kodak Vision's freeze five hundred T, but they've taken off the remjet layer. Um hence why you get those still halations that a lot of people absolutely love. Um, but they don't <laughs> love them or prefer it to look how it looks when they see it. Um, hence why they probably shoot Kodak Vision. Um But Sinistil, what they've done is is taken off that REMjet layer so that it can go through the C41 process. But taking off that REMjet layer is then allowed um, it to be shot at 800 as opposed to 500, which is what normally 500T is shot at. Yeah.
1: So that's interesting, actually. Do you know, Peter, on Sinistil's sides, when they produce it, do they basically kind of do what you do, which is just bulk, buy? Film from Kodak, and then in the factory or whatever, like remove the rem the remjet layer in bulk, and then spool it. I wish I knew because then I could do it. <laughs> yeah.
3: if, if, if that's what Sinister were doing, they've kept that under wraps in how they're getting the remjet layer off of big bulk loads of film. Um, eh. I know mm-hmm. there's quite because you'd lot have to of, run it through um, like a
1: developing tank, almost. You know, like a mash you'd to, it. Yeah, massive. you basically
3: have to run it through mm-hmm. something that takes off the the remjet layer, but while also keeping it dark. Um, which I know people I know. have thought about. I know some people. I, I know Nico at one point thought about trying to get the remjet layer off of like four hundred foot rolls of Kodak Vision. Um and I know other people have thought about it. Um I don't know how they do it. I know there's quite a lot of um people who produce film in kind of Asian countries that have all got remjet layers taken off already. Um I don't know how they do it. Um I wish I did. And they won't yeah. share their secrets. Um
1: Personally, course, yeah. I prefer
3: the Remjet layer. I prefer the halations not to be there. I prefer the lights to look exactly <laughs> how they are um, when you take a They look okay. more cinematic in my eyes, hence, cinema film. Um, mm that's just mm. a personal preference but i know a lot of people would love yeah i'm just yeah. Development. i don't know
2: because i'm just smiling because i'm thinking specifically of steve Gumpowder jam who loves the exactly, hellation yeah. and I, that's I the know, reason I why he, he loves photos <laughs> without
3: hellations as well i know he loved kodak vision when i first started shooting it um and i took a photo of um mm. katie um when we had that weekend in london when we went dopamine land and stuff um I know he absolutely loved that shot despite there being absolutely no halations in it. Um, so I think, I think it's always had a personal preference, but personally I like, I like it to look as cinematic as possible. And to me, that's no halations yeah. whatsoever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also, do we know why then it's the seen as is eight hundred feet and not 500. So I what makes it like but what
3: I've read in about Sinistil before, is it, it, it primarily is that their reasoning behind that is that them taking the rem jet layer off allows it to be shot at 800 mm. um, instead of 500. Yeah, um, I've shot Sinistil 800t at 1600 and it's still come out looking perfectly fine. I shot that at dopamine land,
2: I've done that as um, well. Yeah, it's mm. because
3: it's Kodak Vision, Kodak Vision has such a massive latitude. Um, I don't yeah. know, so shot it at 3200 before. Um, it, it mm-hmm. has a really good latitude, so it doesn't surprise me that it could also be like, shot
1: at 800 as well. Isn't isn't the 800, in a way, kind of arbitrary, really? They could have easily have called it, you know, Sinisterial 3200T, you know, even if the original rating of the camera <laughs> was 500T, you know, you just rate it at whatever ISO, and then they'll develop it for... The amount of time that's related to the ISO that that you've selected, anywhere that you shot it at. So, yeah, I think maybe it, could it be because yeah. just 800T sounded good. I think, it, yeah, probably it probably, could it could it probably is because
3: <laughs> It's like Ilford <Alpha> 3200 <laughs> is actually in a thousand ISO film, but yeah, yeah. it's built yeah. to be able to be pushed all the way up to 3200. Um, so yeah. I think yeah, 800T does sound nice. It sounds, it runs off the you know <laughs> time quite easily, and it is still in the same yeah. line as five hundred T. So I think it's just yeah, yeah. They they chose what they wanted to name it. They've killed it. Everyone loved it in Inner Steel. Yeah. Um you know there was a time when no yeah. one could get hold of it whatsoever. Um personally I yeah. just I've shot both Vision three and um eight hundred T in thirty five and in one twenty, um uh, using sixty five mil film for the Kodak Vision. And I just yeah, I just prefer the cinematic look without the halations. just personally.
2: Yeah. But actually, you said 120,
3: Codavision 120. It, it, it does okay. exist. Um, so it is just 65 mil film, um, which is then cut um, and used uh, back in paper. Mm. Um, there are a few people that do it, um, primarily some of the, as I said, some of the uh, companies over in Asia do do it. Um, and a reflex lab sells mm. um, small batches of 500T in um, 120. Um, so it's just a Mm. a massive time um, taking job to actually try Mm -hmm. and cut that down in the dark attach it to the backing paper if anyone's developed 120 film before you know that it's taped on one side and you've got to get the backing paper correct Mm -hmm. so it says exposed on the other side Mm -hmm. Um, so I I bought 10 rolls last year and I shot one earlier this year on a photo shoot with Mandy and uh, Poppy Mm -hmm. and the little mm. tab that you stick at the end of the roll actually came off and stuck to my RB's back, which is what jammed it, which I found out <laughs> when I opened it in the dark. So there are obviously problems with not machine-made 120 rolls um, and people doing it all in the dark mm. themselves. Um, but it is absolutely beautiful yeah. when you can shoot 120 Kodak Vision Film. I know there's quite a lot I of people. I really want to try that. In the ECN2. Me too. I've got like four rolls of it. So, you know, 25 quid a roll each, you know, and I'll just uh, upmarket for the, oh. you know, because of the demand. <laughs> um, but, you yeah. know, I know there's a lot of ECN2 sellers out there worldwide that are wanting to get the 120 to be a viable option. I know I really want it to be. Um, I shoot yeah. mostly 120. Um, it's nice. It's got the sprocket holes mm-hmm. on as well. So it looks, you know, I've shot, some, I've shot it in daylight. Oh, yeah. I've shot it at night time. I shot it through different cameras, and yeah, it's it's just a lovely. It's just 35, but bigger. It's that. It's nice.
2: Yeah, of course, but yeah, yeah as you definitely. say, like I also shoot 120 definitely. mainly at the moment, so it would exactly. be great. But I, like, it sounds like it's it's not something that you're going to be selling anytime not, soon. Yeah,
3: until until um, an <laughs> a, a, a easier way to make it um comes about, then yeah. that would be when it'd be a viable option for me. It was also like the to get the film is quite expensive. Um, You do get about, I've read it, I think it's about 155 rolls you'd get from one roll of um, the 65 mil. So you'd get, you get quite a big amount. Um, And Mm. then it just shows you how big Oppenheimer really was because that's all 65 and that was three hours long. So it's, you know, it's hard, it's expensive to buy, but if you did do it and you can find an easy way to make it, then it's a viable option. Mm. It's just, yeah, me on my own. In the dark, I don't really want want to have that responsibility yet. Cutting the film until someone somewhere invents a way Mm -hmm. to make it a bit easier, like they have with the 35 uh, bulk load I've got for my 400 foot rolls.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a lot, but I mean, you are you, doing you're doing a lot. Not one twenty, but thirty-five mil. So, what um what's the film that you are selling at the moment? What film, it, especially? Let's just start with the E C N two film. So, the E C N two
3: films that I sell so far are Kodak Vision Freeze fifty D, the two hundred T, two fifty D, and then five hundred T are the four E C N two stocks that I sell at the moment. Two fifty D is mm-hmm. the fan favorite. Um, and has been all summer Um, Mm. but as we're in the UK we're slowly getting into the darker times the 500T will now start to take back over um, because people want to shoot in low light um, and stuff like that Um, and then the 50 is perfect for the summer Um, and then the 200T is in kind of a weird it doesn't get Mm. often used as much as the others um, but it's what I've primarily shot my 16mm videos on Um, so it's a great film stock I just think it's in a an awkward position as a 35mm steel one um, because of its ISO rating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of
2: a weird one, I think. Um, well, Nelson, I think you've shot uh, quite a lot of 500T, is that right?
1: Um, I would say the main that I shoot the Peter cells are the 500T for sure because I use it for concerts. And then I do really like the 50D um, yeah. for portraits, um, especially mm. I've shot it a fair amount with um studio flashes and the way it gets that light is just really really nice um mm-hmm. and but for sure it was such a massive revelation when i started shooting 500t at concerts up to then i was actually only shooting concerts in black and white because alpha delta 3200 was the only film that i liked um that had that 3200 iso rating that i really can't do without for for concerts you do know, like have my shutter speed be you know, high enough that I'm like freezing motion um, even fully wide open iPhone. f1.8 and uh, I tried today the 100T and I think like Peter I just didn't like it for concerts uh, I think it's the way it handled colors was just a bit weird to me the halations especially you know when you're shooting a stage there's there's the big there's you know there's a big screen behind the artist that's projecting video there's spotlights and everything, and it was just, like, all a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and then I discovered 500T, and the way that reproduces color on stage is just phenomenal. Uh, it really reacts and does, you know, interesting, surprising things. It's got really great latitude. Um, mm. You know, from the darkest part of, of the image to the to the brightest, it's really amazing how it's so flexible. As Peter said, I shoot at 2,000, uh, 3,200 ISO. And it performs incredibly. You know, the grain is is very subtle, but but very nice, um, very nicely textured, and yeah, the the color reproduction in it is just phenomenal. The the reds, especially reds, purples, uh, I really love. And yeah, it's, it's really changed everything for me in terms of being able to shoot things yeah. on film. And then recently, a big revelation was also yeah. for the first time taking that film to the darkroom. And I did my first prints with it, which was, mm-hmm. it was not painless um, because I sort of went in there with like my, my usual settings to start with in mind, you know, my usual, usual starting point where that I would print with for like, could I go or something like that? And um, I actually have a story yeah. about this on my Instagram where you could see the progression think, <laughs> from the first, te- like the first test trips to the final one, I think I must have done like eight iterations. Uh, which even without being really <laughs> the most accomplished darkroom printer is still like quite a lot for me um, <laughs> and it was all going very wrong until all of a sudden it sort of fell into place uh, it was really just mostly blue for some reason and like quite high exposure times. Mm. but but once it sort of fell into place, oh it was just yeah absolutely amazing it's an incredible film um yeah the last thing I'll say so well, if
2: you go next time to the darkroom room, um, yeah, the next the next time you go to that room to print um, this film again, is there anything that you're gonna just change like your approach? Like this is this is the way to do it.
1: <laughs> I think just like any film, because so you know, once you've done that original mm. work in the dark room, now I've got my settings written down. I sort of know my starting point is going to be closer than it was. So hopefully I'll get into the groove a bit quicker in terms of uh, being able to shoot. But especially because. Yeah, I'm also shooting these scenes very often where most of the image is very dark and then you just see the lights in the background and the subject is sort of like the bright part of the image. Um, but yeah, just spending time figuring out the the settings really. Um, but recently also what's been amazing about yeah. 500 T mm-hmm. is I also started shooting concerts on Super 8 and that's also amazing to be able to have that cohesion between the stills that I'm shooting and the Super 8 which i'm both shooting on 500t as the same stock so they end up having a similar look um that's also really awesome to be able to sort of offer that to an artist and you know it's not like they can use both for example across their social media or a campaign or whatever and it's not two wildly different looks they're very similar um that's definitely a big plus for sure as well yeah for
3: sure
2: because obviously then it's going to look quite the same thing, quite the same product. So, yeah, as you say, it's not going to look completely different um, as if it was, like, edited differently. It's just going to be, like, hand-in-hand. Hand. So it's just really? the perfect, um, yeah, as you say, it's the perfect product to, um, to deliver. So, yeah, that's great. And actually, my experience with this film, with and 2 um, I, I was just... Um, in London, that was the first time I shot it. I was in London and I had this row in my bag, and I thought, okay, you know, I, I need to shoot this roll. I want to just give it a go, and I like put in my camera, and I think I was shooting my, I think it was my Nikon F5, and and then it started snowing. It was it was dark, and then I could just shoot the whole roll that night with the. City lights, I was in uh, Soho, the snow falling. It was just such a beautiful night. And I thought, if these photos come out, I'm going to be so happy with them. And and the way they came out, it's just it was extremely cinematic. The look was beautiful. And to be honest, they were just steps. I was just like with Alex, disorganized film, and with Steve Goodbowder jam, and we were just like just walking about and just, just taking pictures, random pictures, but the look of those photos is incredible. So that that was my revelation, I thought, right, so this is the look that you can get with um, call that vision and we can we can it, it felt like it felt like it, you were looking at stills like from from a movie they they do look like uh like a movie like if it's a proper film like where you're looking the colors the lights the, the the i i'm absolutely in love so yeah i think i'm gonna Actually, start shooting more. The only thing that stopped me at the beginning was not having a local lab developing ECM two. And from what I can see, there are more and more labs at the moment uh, with these offering this service, right? So, which um, labs do you know, guys, that are uh, developing ECM two at the moment?
3: So, for me, the whole when it came to the idea of bulk loading and selling film. (laughs) Um, the Film Safe in Southampton, and pretty much they started, started doing developing as a lab just as I was starting film as well. Um, so I ended up sending my first ever role to them. And ever since then, I've had a really great working relationship with Jack and Hope. Um, and so I reached out to them about the idea because they had already started offering ECN2 film developing by that point, and I had used it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to them with the idea that I was bulk loading, selling the film, and I wanted to kind of like semi-partner with them in a way that people would buy my film, get a discount code with them. Um, and so they've been having it, you know, real up. Uh, quite a lot of people going to them with more ECN2 film as well, and I think a lot more labs have mm. now started as well, offering it where they can. Um, and they obviously take yeah. it easy recently, Um formulated their plan and and started offering it themselves as well which is obviously where you drop your film off the most likely place to send it yeah Um, (laughs) I remember like hearing about them first setting it up as well which I thought was a really great place for them to set it up Um, and so slowly more and more labs are realizing the benefit of ECN2 obviously we had that whole period where colour film's quite hard to get hold of the most part slowly getting better nowadays um, and so more people were showing ECN too, so I think a lot of labs did start um, off mm-hmm. in Analog Wonderland do it as well now um, in their lab. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, more and more labs are likely to start picking it up um, as well, which is, is good as well. But, yeah, definitely those three at the moment are ones yeah. I know yeah. of that I used.
1: Uh, Honourable mention as well to uh, Um Last time Indiana were there printing, we were speaking to Max, one of the techs, um, there who said that they're going to start offering it into developing as well soon um, so if you're in London your shortage you can drop it there mm-hmm. um, yeah very good prices incredible service obviously they do it as well or well, they will soon yeah
2: rapid eye they're great mm, yeah and and actually the reason why a lot of people started to shoot more easy into film is because the price is very good and especially we have to say you know this is how I roll film it has no, it's, it's
3: very good prices. Is So t- tell us the prices of uh, your So film. at the moment, so, so the 4ECN2 alongside the double X black and white um, that I offer as well, um, they are £7 a roll for 30, 36 exposures. Um, I wanted mm-hmm. to make the prices as fair as possible. Um, at the end of the day, I, as much as it is a business and obviously making money is, is nice, to be fair, I, I wanted people to have an option to shoot film um, and get people into shooting film easier than spending eighteen quid on a roll of portrait or something. Um and then, yeah. you know, expecting amazing results from that. The thing with that I love the most about the Kodak Vision three fil- films is that because of their massive latitude, you could make a mistake and still get quite a usable image from them. Um so you're not as disharmed mm-hmm. when your scans come back and you've paid twelve quid mm-hmm. to get it developed. Mm-hmm. Um So I wanted Mm. to set the prices as fair as possible. Um, Obviously, Mm. well, I set it on Etsy at the moment. Etsy do like to take fees. Um, So I'm hoping at some point, probably not this side of Christmas, but in the new year of uh, launching a website instead and Mm. self-hosting it to further make it a little bit better um, for everyone. The prices will stay the same. Um, but that way I still get a little bit more money so I can invest more into more roles of film and try and get some limited edition ones where possible and try and venture out. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other film stuff I do, which is the whole reason that I even got into bulk loading, is the Ectochrome. Um, Once I realized that because of Euphoria Season 2, they brought back (laughs) Ectochrome, and well, even is the first one. Uh, Euphoria season one, but Euphoria season two was completely filmed on Ektachrome, um, developed through ECN two film, which um, which I first saw through uh, Atlanta Film Co. And, and what Bill Manning was doing over there with all that with his Euphoria one hundred film. Um, that was what kind of inspired me to get into it. And once I realised that I could get the Ectochrome four hundred foot rolls um, from the UK. Um, that's what I made sure because a roll of Kodak, I had to from most places is around 25, 28 pound mark. Um, and I think yeah. slide film is something that everyone should get the opportunity to shoot at some point, because you put it on a light table, it looks amazing. Um, I think mm. people do see that there's a bit of a challenge to it, to get the, the lighting right and, and meter reading correct, et cetera. Um, so if you're spending 28 quid on a roll to then pay a little bit more for developing as well, you're almost at about 50 quid before yeah. you even see your images. So my ectochrome is, is £12 <laughs> a roll, um, which 12. i refer really felt good. was the best price for it. Um, it allows people to have an opportunity to shoot ectochrome at a, a reasonable price and try and, like, play around with it a little bit more. Um, it's a versatile film because mm-hmm. obviously it can be cross-processed in C41, but it can also be cross-processed in ECN2. Yeah. Um, which is what obviously Bill and his he does over with Atlanta Film Co. Um, and I absolutely love the look mm-hmm. of Euphoria season two. Um, and hoping at some point that I can start to offer that as an option in in the future. Um, if I started mm-hmm. uh, developing and scanning myself um, for customers, which is a, a pipe dream at some point, because um, yeah. uh, <laughs> big scanners are worth uh, quite expensive. Uh, I kind of was surprised yeah. when I googled how much some of the uh, the scanners were the other. <laughs> the idea of doing it at some point. Um, so there's definitely mm. something I would like to to get to a point where people can send their film to me. I get it developed and then scan it. Um, and that therefore be offering ECN2 developing for Ectochrome. But, um, yeah, wow. those are the prices. Hopefully, soon, as I said, once I get a website sorted, there would be like bundle deals and things like that because it's mm. not the easiest to do that on at the moment. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: it's a very limited kind of setup. So, um, once I get my own website at some point, I would like to be able to have like bundles, packs of five, um, here, you know, star packs, yeah. mix and match, um, offers and things like that. So that the prices are what they are at the moment. I like that they are reasonable. Quite a lot of people do comment on them. Um, that it is a reasonable yeah. price. Um, obviously, yeah. if Kodak increases the price of Vision 3 films, which they did, uh, beginning of this year, I want to say off the top of my head, um, then obviously mm, okay. you know the prices may change by a minimal amount, but nothing major really. Yeah,
2: minimal. Mm. Mm, mm, okay, yeah. Oh, and one question that I had in my mind as well: um, being a five hundred T, do you need what do you need to shoot in daylight? Day so, day? if
3: you want to shoot in 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 daylight um, without getting your lab to color correct it in post for you, you can use a an AE five uh, B filter, which is what I've used in the past, um, it does then cut the film down to a 320 ISO film. Um, So that is something you need to take into consideration. Um, Obviously if you're using through the lens um, light meters, sometimes they get a little bit confused and 320 is not always on every Mm. camera I've come to see. Um, But I've only ever used it through my RV, which is the metering externally anyway. Um, But since doing 16 millimeter and shooting 200T and 500T um, for motion picture style um, I've just shot it in daylight at 500T or at 200 so when we did the Brighton um, trip I yeah. shot uh, two rolls of 200T and a roll of 50D and I didn't use a filter for the 200T and uh, the the guys at Digital Orchard um, just daylight corrected that uh, yeah color corrected that for me Um, Uh, because it's a very simple process um, imposed to be able to color correct uh, it. So if you want the extra light in daylight for whatever reason, then you can do that. If you want to shoot uh the 200T at 200 in the daylight, it's doable. You just need to, you know, your your lab will probably most likely be quite all right at color correcting it. If not, you can do it yourself quite easily.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, that's interesting to know. So you don't really need um, the filter no. because the lab... Yeah, you, you don't
3: need it, but obviously some people do prefer it. I, yeah. I did. I will admit I like the shots I took in, in York last year on uh, Vision 3500T with the filter. Um, but hmm. it was quite a sunny day when we went, so 320 did allow me yeah. um, to play around with the aperture a little bit more. Um, had it been at 500, yeah. probably wouldn't have made much of a difference on the RB. Um, but, you know, it, it's whatever's easiest stuff uh, for the Bolex. When I'm shooting through that. It's just easier to just not play around with having to have a filter mm. and then take the filter out, etc And so, it, yeah, I just find what works best for people. If people want to use a filter, use the filter. Because um, I've learned you can use the filter on the Ectochrome as well. Uh, 85p warming filters do work on okay. Ectochrome as well, apparently, um, which I've yet to test. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just what more things to people's arsenals if they want to use it, really.
2: Mm-hmm. okay that's good i mean i think i mean I, I was converted already when i saw the first role that i shot and i saw this cancer i thought this is this is this is something this is something really good and the quality what do you say maybe like is equal to which film really what would you say to other uh, I th- popular I think films? to
3: compare it to the other films would do it a disservice really because i think it's on its own i think it's his own category mm-hmm. It is cinema film. <laughs> yeah. So you know there's films that people have gone to see in the cinema that have been shot on this film role. Well, um, obviously yeah. with Oppenheimer releasing earlier this year that was shot on a range of the uh, film stocks that I sold. Um, most uh notably the yeah. Double X, because that's the first time they ever did it in sixty five. Um and so I think it's his own kind of level. I think it is as as Nelson mm. said, the grain at 3200 is is noticeable to an extent, but not terribly like any other mm, film stocks. Mm. So if you tried to push to 3200, would be um, really quite noticeable. I think if you pushed Portra to 3200, I think you might notice it. Um,
2: you would, I th- yeah. I
3: think it, I think it. All, they all uh, like they all lean into each other. They're all quite nice. They really do make uh, reds do pop really well with them, which is quite similar to. Um, mm uh Hector Criminal has nice no reds as well to be fair um yeah. so i think i think they have similarities but i think they're yeah. they're in their own kind of league um a little bit separate from everyone else um to be fair
2: yeah i mean i want to because i've only like shot it informally but i would really like to take it to the studio and see see how how the way it looks with the studio lights. So I think that's something that I'm going to be doing next and just see what it looks like in the studio. So, right. So, yeah, that's been super interesting. Um, I've just, now I just really feel like taking my camera out and shooting some code (laughs) vision. I'm just really excited to to just shoot more and especially at night. I think night and city lights, it just looks beautiful. Um, So okay so now i think it would be nice to um experience the pleasing analog camera sounds p-a-c-s which is um a section that we have because you know we as analog shooters we just love our cameras we love the sounds of the shutter and today we have a special camera well nelson has a special camera and we're just going to listen to the sound of the shutter and let's see if anybody can guess the camera just from the sound of the shutter so if you know just go in the comments and let us know okay so let's let's hear that one more time can you do it one more time
1: yeah i think that will be a clue in itself okay second time
2: hmm i mean i was saying for me i was saying it yeah, pleasing i don't know if that it i don't know if that's pleasing for me it's not the most pleasing one but Nelson
1: disagrees i think we think it's pleasing you know when it comes to cameras i think it's nice but, but i mean it's, it's lovely we'll, it's nice yeah we'll show the results there and then you can comment uh it's we'll do a poll it's pleasing it's not pleasing
2: exactly yeah, yeah i'm gonna vote for not gonna do that and i think there's much
3: pleasing wow. out there, okay. but, yeah, yeah i'm gonna vote i did
2: not pleased <laughs> I didn't come it's all right to please i don't know i
1: think is pleasing <laughs> i was born that way
2: okay let's just see let's see let's see so what like, people what like, think okay. and then just to <laughs> just to finish recommendations because you know we obviously should film and get it developed in places get it print in places um i don't know if you have any recommendations of anything it could be a film stock well film stock we know we have recommended yeah. uh collaboration. Like this is our own film you know <laughs> i think that's just done but anything else that you would like to recommend guys
1: um for me uh i really have to shout out a lab that i've only just started using in the last month and a half uh they're based in glasgow they're called gulabi labs and they -hmm. just have incredible service um you know i i use them mainly now for when i get paid work or or or, you know developing what that's really meaningful to me um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. especially when i shoot 120 uh, they're developing and their scanning is just out of this world. They only have one scanning uh, option. There's no, you know, they don't faff around with mm. medium, low, high scanning. It's just Gulabi scanning and it's amazing. True. It's incredible. Um, they also have <laughs> insanely fast turnarounds. I don't know how they do it. I will send my film the next morning, it's in Glasgow, and that afternoon or evening, I've got my film back. Uh, And honestly, what I don't quite understand Mm -hmm. is that you can pay extra for uh, an expedited developing, as in a rush job. And I don't really understand how it could be any Mm. quicker than five hours. (laughs) Uh, So maybe if you pay extra, they'll do it in 30 (laughs) seconds and you'll you'll have your film. Uh, But they're also so amazing. Um, Yeah, they just do a fantastic job. Every time I get my pictures back from them, I'm like, wow, these scans are just amazing. You get a digital contact sheet with it as well. um yeah highly recommend
2: yeah Yeah, i mean i'm I'm agreeing because um i've also used gulabi and every time every single time i get my scans from them i'm like wow these are awesome i'm super happy like their service is incredible their scans are always always like high resolution um it's just their standard yeah i just really them great so um i highly recommend them so, Peter, anything that you want to
3: recommend? Um, I'm trying to think, because I haven't used that lab yet. I have spoken to them, but other than that, I can't comment
2: on
3: <laughs> the lab themselves yet. So um, until I send film to them, yeah. um, I can't comment. But it, I've seen a lot of good things from a lot of people at the moment with them as well. So it does sound like they're picking up traction, which is quite nice. Um, for me, I think, I, think I, I will always always plug Film Safe because they've been massive supporters for me um, mm. with... Since I started, um, they're a really good lab. Uh, Jack and Hope are some really nice people. Um, i have yet to actually meet them in person, um, despite speaking to them for about three years now, almost mm. I think it is. Um, <laughs> but they're really—it's a really nice lab da- down there, and they've got a really good system. And, and they do a lot for charity. Every time you make an order, you, uh, part of your money goes towards charities as well, which you get to pick. Which I really do like that. Mm. Um, and I think they're just being really big supporters of animal photographers. They did a recent magazine. Um, with photos from the last couple of years since they started developing and everyone that's ever developed film with them could submit a photo. There wasn't like, a you had to be X good. You had to be doing X, you, you could be anyone. You could have taken a really rubbish photo, but they still would potentially put it in there because you were yeah. a customer. Um, I do feel really honored mm. that they put one of my photos on the front cover of that, uh, magazine, which <laughs> I do really love. It's probably one of my favorite photos ever taken with Martina. Um. They did turn it mm. to black and white from the color that I originally shot it on, um, but I actually do really like it in black and white as well, and it, it does look really nice on mm. on the front cover. So I was quite honoured that they um, initially yeah. wanted to to ask me for that. Um, but I think at the moment, like, I think I just I've been chatting to a lot of people in the community, and I think just anything that brings the community together, I think, is where you need to recommend at the moment. Animal meetups, obviously, are coming up at the yeah. all the time, and they're really good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Analog Spotlights as Mm -hmm. well, Um, and their events are really Mm -hmm. great, and I'm looking very forward to being a vendor um, at that and actually Mm -hmm. selling my film there, uh, which will be really interesting, and uh, interacting with
2: all
0: Mm -hmm. sorts of
3: photographers and hopefully pitching ECN2 film to them as well as I've pitched it to people on here. Um, But, yeah, anything that brings (laughs) the community together and, and obviously, yeah, any labs that are popping up as well I think is excellent and just, yeah, I think... yeah, try anything and everything at the moment. So I
1: have to say nice things about yeah. FilmSafe as well because, uh, yeah, same have been developing my film, is who I've been sending it to pretty much since I started um, doing film photography during COVID. And especially recently, with them working with Peter on This Is Our Role uh, and all this ECN2 stuff, um, they're the ones that I send my, my concert shots to as well. And they always do uh, an incredible job with the scanning as well. Um, so definitely the FilmSafe as well.
2: Really, really big shout out! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's good what what you're saying about just like giving a shout out to anybody who brings the community together, anybody who develops our films, um, any anybody who makes this possible and and who makes um, this passion that we have possible. So yeah, so that that's Yeah, a good I, point. I think it's um,
3: just at the end of the day, we're all in this together, and I think anyone that can make it better yeah. like i've made a lot of really nice contacts through film photography um mm. especially since setting up the the business with selling the film i've met some incredible people uh, like bill manning i have obviously said in america so i can't meet him in person but i've spoken to him countless times <laughs> um and i've met people yeah. here in the uk as well as through the cinema stuff film stuff as well and and that's been a great to get to know that side of the world yeah. that i think film photographers kind of maybe forget people are still shooting films on film um i think oppenheimer reminded people of that that it does still happen um, Mm. and how big that is and i I think yeah anyone that just helps people shoot more film i think is and gets more people into it um i think are the people we need to recommend and just yeah go from there really yeah that's great and well
2: maybe in the future we even have uh, one more
3: lab. This is how I roll up. It, uh, it would be an <laughs> that is point, uh, to open a, a lab, develop E C N two film, and, and kind of go from similar to what uh, Bill does over there, and, and be able to offer that here, and, and make that a viable option. Because um, yeah, as we've said in this podcast, that uh, E C N two film is getting becoming more popular. I've seen a lot of beginners come to me with quite a lot of messages, asking me what it is, what the difference is to C forty one, and kind of not knowing and then afterwards I get a review that actually they love the film it came out really well I get tagged in a lot of video photos and reels of their film photos and I think that's the main part I love the most so if I could offer the ability to develop it and scan it despite my potential hatred of scanning on my own film um, I think if I found a way to make it easier for other people (laughs) to shoot more vision free (laughs) stuff um, I think that would be the main goal really
2: yeah that would be great but yeah so well so i think we've come to the end of this episode so really thank you both of you it's been wonderful just speaking to you i hope we can do this more often like uh, just like a nice conversation talking about all things film and the final thing i just want to say is remember that we are a collective of analog photographers we have a Instagram account, so please follow the Films and Sunny 16 podcast on Instagram. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please rate and review and say nice things about Only Films so that Sunny 16 keeps us around for a long time. Um, so thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I hope you are looking forward to listening to the next one and keep shooting but keep shooting film. Mm-hmm. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.